You are listening to sermons from the pulpit of the Bible Baptist Church in Marysville, California. We hope you will be blessed as you listen to another practical message. Revelation chapter number 2. And if you are able physically, go ahead and stand with me. Revelation chapter 2. And we didn't get to finish this as we're going through the seven churches of Asia Minor. Uh, We started on Ephesus here, but did not get to finish. So we'll uh, finish that uh, up tonight. But we're going to be reading in verse number 1 through 5. And so we'll read that responsively. I'll start on verse 1. Join me on verse number 2. We'll read down through verse number 5. The Bible says, Unto the angel of the church of Ephesus write, These things saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. I know thy works, and thy labor, and thy patience, and how thou canst not bear them which are evil. And thou hast tried them which say they are apostles, and are not, and hast found them liars." And hast borne, and hast patience, and for my name's sake hast labored, and hast not fainted. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen, and repent, and do the first works, or else I will come unto thee quickly, and will remove thy candlestick out of his place, except thou repent." Here we are looking at the church of Ephesus, and in this church of Ephesus, we can see how the Apostle Paul had started, or how this church had been started, and uh, and in Acts chapter 20, uh, Paul also was warning them that when after his departure, grievous wolves were going to come in, and now as Paul is off the scene, and John is now pinning this. Uh, We find that something had happened in that church that Paul had been so actively engaged in. A church that had been a very, very great stronghold of the faith, yet they turned away. They left their first love. And we'll do a little bit of review tonight, but we're going to We're going to look at what to do when you've lost your first love. How do you get it back? How do you get it back when things have gone complacent? You remember the fire when you first got saved? You started serving the Lord and just that excitement that was there. What happens when it's gone? You're still here. And across the nation and people, even in this church here, there were people that were still there. But something changed. And the Lord pointed out it was a love issue. The love for the Savior. And so with that, how do you get it back? How do you rekindle that fire? How do you restir those embers to get them burning again? The fire didn't go out on purpose, but it happens. And not only will it happen in every person's life, 
It'll happen multiple times. And you've got to stir it all back up again. And we're going to just look at some things, some instructions that the Lord gave this church, this body of believers, telling them how they could get it back. And that's what we want to make sure we have. And we want to have the recipe, so if, if our fire for the Lord starts to wane, what do I do? Because we don't want it to go out. And that's for sure. And so we're going to look here, uh, Revelation. Uh, this was part 5, now this is part 5B. And so anyway, that's where we're at tonight. Father, I do pray that you bless now. Thank you for your goodness. Uh, Lord, what a, what a wonderful opportunity uh, for us as a church family to be able to look, look together at your word. And, and Lord, as I have been instructed and I have been reproved and as I have grown, Lord, just in studying uh, for this message, I pray that all of us would grow tonight. Uh, there are people that I am preaching to that have been saved longer than I've been alive, and they have, uh, they have uh, experienced your presence in their life, and they've been faithful to you. And then, Lord, I look around, and we've got some people that are just new in their faith. Uh, and so, Lord, from the newest baby Christian to the oldest senior saint, uh, and tried and true, faithful servant of God, I pray all of us uh, here in person and those online help all of us to grow. And so bless now, please, for Christ's sake. Amen. You can be seated. As we look at this church of Ephesus, uh, uh, we see that uh, there, were, there was uh, some admonition that was going on, and I'm going to uh, just do a little bit of, uh, of re refreshing uh, so we can uh, make sure that we're all on the same page. But first of all, in verse number two, we see that there was an approval, uh, that they were approved. They were given a stamp of approval. I know thy works and thy labor and thy patience and how thou canst not bear them which are evil and hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not and hast found them liars. Uh, the whole movement of apostolic succession, uh, it was a lie then and it's a lie now. Uh, there are no apostles and uh, the ap apostolic powers were not handed off. Uh, and whether it's a priest or a bishop or a pope uh, or a pastor, uh, there, there is no apostolic succession. Uh, in the New Testament, we are all priests before God. Uh, there is no difference between the pulpit and the pew. There's no different from uh, the Christian uh, and the clergy. Everybody is on the same ground with the Lord. And that's a blessing uh, that we have that. Uh, but here we see that these individuals, it said in verse 3, and has borne and has patience, and for my name's sake has labored and has not fainted. And so uh, this was a group of people that was, uh, they were a serving and a sacrifice sacrificing church. Uh, they were a separated church. Uh, they were a uh, suffering church. They had endured uh, suffering. So there was some approval that John was giving, and of course, it was the revelation of Jesus Christ. So the Lord was uh, giving his approval of some things in this church's life. But then there was an accusation that came along. And look with me at verse number four. It says, nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. 
thou hast left thy first love. Now, that word left there uh, is the word ephemi, and it's used four times in the, in the New Testament, and it is a cognitive uh, abandonment. It was a choice. It was a decision uh, to leave their first love. And you know what? If we get away from the Lord, it's because we make choices that are going to lead us away from Him. We can't say the devil made me do it. Because the devil didn't make us do anything. And if we, if we are led astray or if we let down our guard and our faith and we get maybe distracted towards other things, it's because we made a choice to put something ahead of the Lord in our life. And it happens. Think about a family that has a newborn baby. You know that new baby comes into the family? That baby is king. And whatever that baby wants is what everybody's trying to figure out how to fulfill. You know why? Because we want peace. Peace. And we'll do anything to try to make sure we have that peace. And, uh, and all of a sudden, s- schedules go out the window. And all the planned ide- ideologies, well, the baby's nap time is going to be from here to here. And their alone time is going to be from here to here. And uh, it is so comical. You young moms, uh, get around some of the older ladies and get off of YouTube and uh, quit listening to some doctor that's spouting off on Facebook. Uh, Get around some of the godly ladies that have already raised their families and listen to them. Uh, They will help you. Uh, And so, but it's sort of comical, all the things that start coming out. And Every new mom all of a sudden has just heard all the cutting-edge new ways to raise kids. And everybody else has done it wrong. And that is not wise. Uh, and so anyway, um, so you, what, what happens? There's a lot of things that happen in life. There, there are tragedies that come into life. There are problems. There are schedule changes. There's job changes. All of a sudden, life gets busy, and, and, and sometimes it seems like everything is thrown up in the air, and we're just scrambling to survive, to exist. But in those times... We've got to be very mindful of what we are going to allow to have priority in our life. You know, God wants God needs to be number one no matter what our situation is. God said, I am a jealous God. He will be second to nobody. He won't be second to a spouse. He won't be second to a child. He won't be second to a career. He won't be second to anything. He's God. 
And, and here, as, as we look at this church of Ephesus, and it's easy to say, well, this church must have just been a flop of a church. I mean, uh, they left their first love. And we can try to, we can try to uh, cast blame on this church of people because it's just people, the assembly of this church. It was people just like you and me, and they face problems in life just like we face problems in life. And it's easy to get things out of priority. And somewhere along the line, they left their first love. And so this accusation came, and, and we looked at that uh, in back in October. Uh, but now we're going to look at uh, number three here, and we're going to see the admonition. And this is, uh, there was the, uh, the approval, there was the accusation, and now we are finding the admonition. This is the instruction. What do we do about the condition that we're in? How do we fix this? How do we uh, make it better? Uh, so let's look again at our text, uh, verse number 5, and we'll read down through verse number 7, Revelation 2, 5. Uh, Remember therefore from whence thou art fallen, and repent, and do the first works, or else I will come unto thee quickly, and will remove thy candlestick out of his place, except thou repent. But this thou hast, that thou hatest the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which uh, I also hate. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. And so here, this admonition that we're finding is to repair, it is to restore the lost love. It is to, uh, to get things back into place how they're supposed to be. So uh, it's to restore that first love condition. And, and how do we do that? How do we do that in our lives uh, uh, to uh, get that love back or to keep that uh, love where it needs to be? So first of all, look at verse 5. What's that first word? What's that first word? What's that first word? I just want to make sure everybody is awake. All right. Uh, remember. And so here, uh, the first thing, if we are, going to, uh, we are going to have the first love, we're going to restore that relationship, the first thing we need to do is remember. We need to remember. We need to remember uh, all that the Lord uh, has done for us. Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen. He said, remember what it was like when that first love was there. Remember how good it was. From where you fell, remember where you were at. And that's what he was saying. Uh, same thing with uh, a marriage and uh, with, with re- relationships and uh, having a, uh, a relationship. And, and every relationship has its trials and it has its troubles. Uh, but if all you do is remember the problems, you're in trouble. What do you do? You get that wedding album back out. Now, an album, that is actual printed pictures, not, uh, I'm not talking about the album on your phone, uh, I guess that works as well, uh, but you, you get those pictures out and you start looking at it and you see the, you see the joy, you see the love on the face, you see uh, the memories, and all of a sudden it brings you back to that event and, and it stirs those emotions all over again. And the, you know what the Lord was saying? If you want to restore that first love or you don't want to fall from that first love, then remember. Remember. 
Remember from whence thou hast fallen. And, and there is a, there's something important about that. That's why I share my testimony all the time. You say, well, you're sharing your testimony uh, for us. No, I'm sharing my testimony for me. Because you know what sharing the testimony does for my spirit? You know what sharing how good God is in my life, uh, what that does for me? It stirs me. Uh, it brings me back to uh, where I was when I got saved. Uh, all the situation, all the orchestration that God had to put in place to bring me to a, a, a place where I would uh, hear the gospel and get saved. And, and I want to be an encouragement to other people, but, but I share my testimony more for me than I do for you because you've heard it on the first and third Sunday of every month and, and you're probably bored with it, but I'm not. Are you bored with your testimony? When was the last time you shared your testimony? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And you know what? She has joy. Yeah. And you know, uh, there's something about remembering. Just, just in your mind, go back to the place. Go back to the person uh, that led you to Christ. Go back to the situation that uh, the Lord uh, brought about to get you saved. And, uh, you know, there is nothing greater that has ever happened in your life than the day you accepted Jesus Christ. Bar none. I mean, the second greatest day is the day I got married. I, I Man, God has given me such a wonderful wife, and I am so blessed there. Uh, but, but the greatest day that ever happened in my life is the day that I got saved. And that will, that is something that I don't want to lose sight of. And, and we can't lose sight of it. We've got to remember. You say, well, Pastor, I don't remember all the details. Then you just sit down and you ask the Holy Spirit of God to help stir those thoughts. Help you remember. Start writing it down. Uh, and you say, well, I just, I just don't remember how to, to put it all together. Well, write it all out. You know what? When I give my testimony, I give my testimony almost the same every way, every time. Now, I don't always go into the details of uh, had a knockdown drag out, but you know it. I don't always share everything about it, but there are key points. You know, I'm so thankful the day that I got saved, and that stirs my love. <clears throat> it just stirs the love that I have for the Savior. It brings me back to a place of, I remember that emptiness before. It's almost tangible. And I'm not, I don't want to ever forget it. And what it does for me, it stirs me. It stirs my love for the Savior. And the Lord said, he said, you've fallen. I had somewhat against thee uh, because I left thy first love. He said, remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen. Remember where you were at. Your love has fallen. Your love has come short. He said, you, you're no longer in that same place where, where uh, there's that first love there. He says, remember, uh, remember what we have lost, the closeness 
that you felt with the Savior. Do you, do you remember feeling like, I've told you the story, pulled into the Kmart parking lot. Pulled into that car, Kmart parking lot, mom's in the front seat of that, bot, that Datsun. She looks around, and looks right at me. How do you feel? I just feel like something's gone. Well, come on now, gone, 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 gone. Yes, my sins are gone. I had nobody, I had not learned any doctrine, I had not had any teaching, but I knew something was different. I knew it. I could feel it. And the closeness, the comfort, the communion that we have, the Lord is so good, isn't he? Remember. Remember. From whence thou hast fallen. Remember uh, what God has done. Do you remember the brokenness before salvation? Do you remember the emptiness that was in your soul? How, how can you not love the Lord? It just stirs Remember from whence thou hast fallen. Remember the sense of joy and gladness that you had when you got saved? You wanted to tell everybody. Matter of fact, you probably did. And you made a bunch of people mad because you kept on talking to them about Jesus. But we don't do that quite like we did, do we? Now that we know more about the Lord, we don't talk about him as much. Isn't something wrong there? We, we feel like, well, we're a little bit more polished. And I'm not saying that we don't have to grow and learn how to better communicate the gospel, but we should be better at communicating the gospel. Not just not communicating the gospel. And so here, just uh, remembering the joy, the gladness. Remember the freeing feeling that you experienced when you got saved. Remember that there was nothing between you and your Savior. Uh, remember the love that you had for the Lord and, and uh, the things of God. Uh, what happened? This church, they left their first love. They, they moved a direction that got them away from that closeness. And that's where we have to, to watch out for. So the first thing, if we are going to get that love back, uh, we, we've got to hurry or else we're going to be back into next week uh, as well. Uh, but no, we've got to remember. Uh, but then, uh, what are we to do? We are to repent. We're to repent. He said, remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen and... Repent. That means that it was a sin to make that move. For my love to lower is a sin. Oh, I didn't commit adultery. I didn't break into a store. If your love has fallen, it's a sin. That's why he said repent. 
Man, it got quiet. It's almost like we don't feel like it's that big a deal. But wives, how would you think about that with your husband? If his love seemed to veer off, would that be okay? Husbands and wives, parents, children, say, oh, that doesn't happen. Well, it doesn't happen usually when they're still small and at home. But the reality is, when love changes, it hurts a relationship. And our love relationship to the Lord, he said, when our love has fallen, he said, we need to repent. We need to recognize where we are at. There needs to be a change of heart, mind, and direction. So if, if my love has fallen and I'm going the right, wrong way, then I need to repent so I can go the right way. I need to do something about it. Uh, there is an action. Uh, so we need to remember, but then we need to repent to change our minds, to confess this as a sin. First uh, John 1.9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Uh, we see that, that uh, this repentance uh, that God is expecting, he wants us to get it right so there isn't anything between us. Psalm 51, uh, verse 1 through 15, we see David, uh, coming back to the Lord after he had sinned with Bathsheba and had committed um, uh, murder uh, of Uriah the Hittite. He said, Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. What do we find? We find David. David repenting. You know, this, this passage of Scripture, as I uh, counsel people, and if somebody is uh, trying to get things right in their life, I always tell them to read Psalm 51. Because you can sense and you can see what real repentance looks like. Do you know what real repentance does not look like? Yeah, I'm sorry. Have you, have you been there with somebody that wronged you and it's like, yeah, I'm sorry. Just get over it, all right? Forget it. And it's like, they're not sorry. There is no repentance there. And sometimes we come to God and say, well, Lord, forgive me for this. And then we just keep going on like nothing else happened. That's not, that's not a heart of repentance, and we look at David when he was coming back. It wasn't just that he was saying, okay, Lord, you said you'd forgive me, so I'm sorry. 
He was, he was pouring out. He was recognizing the condition. He was recognizing where he was at and where he needed to be. And he was bringing that before the Lord. And so he said, I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before thee. Against thee and thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest and be clear when thou judgest. He's saying, Lord, uh, you are right and I am wrong. You can be clear in your judgment. You, you are right. There's no justifying my actions. There's no justifying uh, why I, I did this. There's no uh, justifying the actions that are uh, be, uh, sinful here. And, and so we see how we come back. Uh, and we know that sin separates. Isaiah 59, verse 1 and 2, he said, uh, he said that uh, the, uh, uh, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, neither is his ear heavy that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. We see sin separates us from God. And when that sin separates us from God, and, and if it's a sin for our love to, uh, to uh, drop down and for us to uh, fall away from our first love, uh, then, then then we've got to repent of that. We've got to recognize that it is sin and repenting of that for the Lord. So we see here uh, that we are to remember. We see, secondly, uh, that we are to repent. Uh, but then, thirdly, I want you to see that we are to repeat. Look back at verse 5. Repeat. Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen, and repent. Read that next phrase with me. And do the first works. And do the first works. What do we find? We find that there is a return in our actions. Our actions, they are key to our emotions. I can tell Deb, honey, I love you but I'm not getting you anything for your birthday. I love you, but I'm not spending any money for Christmas on you. Anniversary? What's that? She's a redhead. I would be shot, all right? No, that, that our, our actions validate, our actions back up our emotions, and they're tied. The Lord said that, that, uh, that when we give, that our giving, he said that, uh, no, I just lost the verse. Um, someone help me. Where, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. The action, and the action predicates that emotion. And, and it's, it's tied together. And the Lord is saying, listen, you need to do the first works. If, you want, if our love is not where it needs to be, you know what we need to do? We need to not only repent, and not only do we need to come to the Lord and reestablish that relationship, we also need to get back to where we're serving Him. 
We need to be following him, uh, restoring that, cell, uh, that first work, restoring that fellowship that was broken by sin uh, and neglect. Uh, when, when we get saved, there's that communication, that prayer. Uh, there is the uh, allowing the word of God to speak to our hearts, Bible reading and uh, memorization, meditation. Uh, there's service for the Lord. There's worship of the Lord. Uh, those are all wonderful things that help keep that relationship where it's supposed to be, and we are to uh, return to that uh, first works. Uh, no matter how doctrinally sound a church can be, no matter how full a church assembly might be, the light of this candlestick was about to go out. Why was it about to go out? It was about to go out because their love was not right. And God said, I'm going to remove your candlestick, your right to be called a church. And the Lord was looking at the love that this body of believers had, and he said, I'm going to remove that candlestick. They could have kept on assembling. They could have kept on enjoying friendships but the Lord wouldn't have been there. And just because they're people doesn't mean that the Lord's there. And so here, this candlestick was at risk of losing its light. This great church of Ephesus, it was in danger. Verse 7, he said, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. You know what he's saying? He's saying, don't neglect this. Don't neglect it. Don't, don't just let it go in one ear and out the other. So he's, he's telling them that they need to be, uh, they need to have that love. The church that loses its love will soon love, lose its light. The church that loses its love will soon lose its light. And that's what we do not want to see happen. You say, well, Pastor, that won't happen here. Well, there is no church at Ephesus. And we are not exempt. And these, this admonition wasn't given to us so we can just store away information about, yeah, we studied the book of Revelation. It's, what are we going to do with it? And this church, a thriving metropolis, a thriving church, so much had happened in this church at Ephesus, yet they lost their candlestick. And it was all a love issue. So tonight, let me just ask you, how's your love? Well, it's still there, Pastor. Good. Which direction is it going? Is it getting stronger or is it getting weaker? And let's just be honest with ourselves. Where are we at? If we're not where we need to be, I'm not talking about perfect. Nobody is where they absolutely need to be. Are we, are we trying to go the right direction? Or are we just sort of floating? Floating is a dangerous place. And let's make sure that 
we look at where we're at, we don't want our love to fall. Father, I pray that you'd help us. Thank you for your word, the power that's there, the admonition. Help us, Lord, to take it to heart. And uh, Lord, I pray that you'd help us just to love you uh, the way we need to and help our love to be stirred. And uh, Lord, when we, we start to uh, fall away uh, from whence thou art fallen, Lord, we, we can all fall. And I pray that you would help us, Lord, to restore that love. And thank you for giving us some instruction on how to make that happen. And so, Lord, I pray that you'd speak to hearts, no matter uh, who we are or where we are in our own spiritual life. I pray that you would just lead us, help us to make good decisions. Heads bowed, eyes closed. I don't know. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed our service. If you would like to hear more, visit our website at bbc4me.org. That's BBC, the number four, me.org. May God bless you.